0: Hey everybody, this is Al Nash from the Direction U Empowerment Dynasty, and you're listening to the Unapologetic Women podcast, the show for female leaders who love to live their legacies unleashed, unlimited, and unafraid. If this is a community you would like to be part of, visit directionu.co forward slash unapologetic. Today, we're talking about the unapologetic no with Ethel Forbes. Ethel is an visibility coach from Aberdeenshire in Scotland. She started her career in oil and gas and worked for corporate as a performance coach who was floated into teams to increase production. When she worked offshore, she was often the only woman. After being made redundant, she started her coaching business and now mainly focuses on visibility on LinkedIn and creating human content. A farmer's wife, multi-business owner, and a mom of two young boys, lots of facets. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Ethel Forbes. Well, this is going to be a different start today because I have to tell the world that I'm taking your, your cherry, like we're popping your pot. Yeah. Your cherry. Like, how exciting is that? <laughs>
1: that I haven't done one of these before because I chat to people all the time this is kind of my bread and butter having zoom meetings and just chatting to people so the fact that I've never done it as a podcast is is quite amazing that I've you know yeah up until now I've not done it and then when I said it in my post like everybody else has done them I'm starting to feel a bit inadequate because I'm the only (laughs) one that hasn't (laughs)
0: Oh, yes, because I remember when I first went on to my first podcast, I was like so nervous because I had a preconceived idea of what a podcast is and how I had to show up and what the expectations were and all the normal things that we, especially as professional women, do, right? Let's be honest about that. So when when you heard me going, oh, you have to come be on my podcast, what was your your frame of reference of what what is a podcast and what to
1: expect? Um, I didn't really have one. I didn't really have an expectation but like that is kind of who I am as a person. I kind of go yeah to everything and then I do it and then I go oh yeah that wasn't so good for me. I won't do that again. <laughs> so I was like yeah I haven't really done one of those but I'll get give it a bash and see how it goes um <laughs> but yeah like I didn't really have any preconceived ideas and and I was pretty okay because I can talk you know like I'm, I'm I'm okay talking in front of people like that's one of the things that I'm known for and good at so um just speaking to you and the other thing as well is like I said to you before we came on you know, because I'm quite high energy, quite often when I have conversations with people, it's the, the people that are looking for a wee pep-up that come to me. So I really loved that our conversation, I came out and I was like pumped afterwards. I could, you know, like, and this is my nighttime. I should be like winding down for bed. I was like, whoa, chill out so actually agreeing to come and do it again when that energy was good and it was quite high was like yeah sign me up you know a
0: really interesting thing for me and it's something that I had to start taking a stand for unapologetically this year in terms of Mm -hmm. I'm not here to help other people anymore I'm not here to give people a hand up I'm here to play with my peers And what i've come to realize is that for the last few years i really did my best to help people step up and Mm -hmm. in the process for the most part they felt overwhelmed by me and i felt drained by them and it wasn't a a conscious choice or anything like that and it wasn't maliciously done but what Mm -hmm. i came to understand is that it actually doesn't benefit anybody in the process because Mm. When we play with people on our level, when we play with yeah. our peers, when we play with our energetic match, everybody goes up a level.
1: Yeah, I and agree. It's, it's about totally. being okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, I, 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 I hear you. It, it's, but the thing is, I find it quite difficult to find that. You know, I find it really difficult to find that. And maybe that's a New Zealand, UK kind of a thing, you know, that um, and even like I live in the northeast of Scotland, you know, we're into the really dark time and it's snow over here just now. And like I just find uh, what I found for me, like I don't do any work in my local area pretty much. I I tried, when I first started my own business, I, I tried that and it was people wanting endless coffees and I never got any work and I was feeling drained by it all. It just didn't work for me. So lockdown happened and it was the best thing to happen to me because what happened was it picked me up of Aberdeen and it put me like everywhere and um in the uk like nearly most of my customers are english so like bristol london manchester and and that is how i met tracy so and then tracy who connected us so actually me being lifted out of my own area and being able to go anywhere was like the best thing that could have happened for me and and i think you're maybe a step ahead of me where you're like proactively selecting higher energy to lift yourself I'm not quite at that stage yet because I feel um for me I do give my hand out to other people behind me because I was there you know and 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 there was quite a few people were kind enough to put their hand out to me too and I feel like I need to repay that in some way but it's amazing the tiny little things that make a huge difference to somebody you know like things that inconsequential things like I've I've done speaking a few times and one of my favorite stories about that was I had done a speaking workshop and I told this story um about my colleague that I worked with and I was really stressed. And we ended up having an argument in the lobby of this like massive career changing meeting. And it was career changing because just that morning, they had, my mum had called and told me that they were stopping her treatment for her cancer. And I had got my auntie to take her to the hospital that day because I had this massive meeting. And so anyway, at lunchtime she phoned and told me, and I was I was absolutely destroyed. And I went back into my team, and and this was like for me, this meeting was a massive meeting for me, um, and we'd been trying to get these leaders together for into this meeting that they regularly had for a year, and we'd got to get in. And Freddie that I worked with, he was like, I can do it, Athol, but it just won't be the same without you you know that it won't be the same without you being there. And he says, and I just don't want you to miss the opportunity of this. And my mum was like, don't you dare come home. If you can't change anything this afternoon, if you come home, I'll be really angry. You can't change what they've said. And, you know, so I sat there and I was like, I don't like, I don't even know how I'm going to be able to do this meeting. And then Freddie was like, I'll drive. You know, you don't even have to drive there. I'll drive you there. So so we got there. And and, um, anyway, we were standing in the lobby. And he said, I've got something for you. So I was expecting this, like, and he reached into his bag and he handed me a banana. I was like, (laughs) are you on drugs? How is that going to help and then um, he said, uh, "Well, I read somewhere that if you eat a banana, it calms your nerves." I'm like, "Freddie," he's like, "Just eat the banana." And 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 the thing is, Freddie was so kind and nice. He was like being really stroppy with me. So anyway, I ate the banana, and we went into the meeting, and it was like an outer body experience. We went in, um, with our elbows out, like ready to be fighting them to get us to come and do the work, and I. Like, you know, when you drive somewhere and you're like, how did I get here? That's what happened.
0: Yeah.
1: And and like, it was like the whole meeting didn't happen. And then it was like, I walked through the door, nothing happened. And then the next thing I knew I was at the end, where we were due to finish. And they were arguing over which team we would go and work with first. And I came away going, what on earth happened there? I just like switched into another gear where I was totally not like with myself. It was it was the most weird expect, you know, like weird thing to happen. So anyway, I'd gone to do a speaking gig. I told that story, and then um I went to do a speaking gig probably about two years after that. And I was waiting at the side of the stage, and this lady came past me, and she she was obviously late and she she said, have you had a banana today? <laughs> and I'm like, I've only ever told that story once. But, but like, that, that was a tiny little thing that you wouldn't think was an important thing. But obviously it it meant something to her. But, but you know, that's an example of something tiny, inconsequential that you give away to somebody and they remember it. And I remember us having the conversation as well about two, you I remember you saying that um, like I say, sometimes people come back to me and go, oh, that bit of advice you gave me, Athel, was, you know, it was really good. And I'm sitting there going, What bit of advice? I can't remember what it was that I said. <laughs> And like I sit there hoping that they'll like, let me know what it was. But I remember you saying that um, that happens to you too. Sometimes you give a bit of advice and it just, it like beams down from the sky and comes out of your mouth. And then they say, what was that again? You're like, I don't know. And, and when you said that, I was like, I totally understand that because that happens to me too. Yes, Isn't it odd?
0: It comes to me and through me. And I am the receiver as I am the receiver. As in, if you think of a receiving tower, I am the receiver of the signal and I get to receive the message, which is always a blessing for myself. And then I get to be the transmitter of that and somebody else gets to receive. And that's how mm-hmm. I came to understand that we really are enough. We we can stop trying so bloody hard. We are enough. Things that for us is meh, inconsequential and just just seems obvious and stuff Mm -hmm. is a gift for other people Um, and that's why I stopped censoring myself and it's why I've stopped thinking that oh well you know they don't need to hear this or that's just stupid or I'm not going to write this or I'm not going to do this little thing if it's authentic to me then it's meant to be and when it's meant to be then it's always something that somebody else needs without them even knowing it or without them needing to ask it because we're all Mm. in this together we're like
1: we're co-creating we're all in this together yeah I think that that's a really interesting thing because like I, I did a video a little while ago about communication and and like why children are much better at it than us They think it, they say it, it's out, done. I don't like you today, mummy. You know, or when, oh, my wee one. I'm going to kick you. He would come up and tell you he was going to kick you and then he would kick you. You know, like, he is he is. But um, but it's just so, like, it just comes, like, right out. And and what I did is I drew it on a board about how that works with adults. So, basically like the message comes and before we've even got it out of our mouth we're going oh i want i want this to land and oh i've been in this position before and it didn't go very well and oh i need to be polite and oh this needs to work like you've got all these mental filters that are and then by the time the message comes out it's all distorted from its truest intention yeah. And then it gets to the other side and the other person's got all the, right, off. I've seen people like this before, you know, it didn't work. And yeah, I don't know if I like this person and, oh, they're a bit too forward. or like, the, So the hearer's got all these filters as well. And, and so by the time the message comes from here, out your mouth and through the filters, over to the other person through their filters and then them to hear it, the intention of the message gets totally lost.
0: Exactly and whoever needs to hear the message don't hear it and I i had somebody reach out to me this morning and she was like oh you know the message isn't seem to be landing for people they don't quite understand um the concept of thought leadership should we then make it like a something and i said to her here's what i've come to understand when i use the language that i use The people who are embodying thought leadership, creativity, artistry, pioneering, they get it. I don't need to explain it to them. When I don't use that language, they can't hear me because then I'm not speaking their language. When I start Mm. explaining things, it's people who think they want to be it. But it's like little girls who all say they want to be ballerinas. Once you get to have to practice every day and stand at the bar and lose your toenails and get the ugly feet and stuff, then they go, Oh no, this is not what I thought it was. Yeah. And the, mm-hmm. because it's not their soul identity for this lifetime, it's not the soul identity that's here to evolve through this lifetime, but it looks nice from the outside. Now, I find Mm. the same happens in areas like when we talk about the pioneers and the thought leaders and the artists and the creatives. Everybody thinks it looks so cool from the outside. And then when you explain to them, they go, yeah, yeah, that's me. But when it comes to the embodiment thereof, of, the embracing the discomfort, the unknown, having the audacity to say things the way that you see it in a way that other people don't see it, Getting rejected Mm. by people, getting attacked by people, then they go, "Oh no, I just want the safety of replication." And it's okay Mm -hmm. if that is what you are here to do in this lifetime. But we need to stop filtering our Mm message because, in the process, Mm -hmm. the message gets lost for the people who need to receive it.
1: Absolutely, and you know, like I was having a really, I was training some people yesterday I think it was and no it was Monday I was training them and we were speaking about feedback now feedback is my job like that is all I do all day every day people speak to me about stuff and I go have you thought about this you could do that I don't know like that's what I do that's for that is my purpose on this planet is you know feeding back to people stuff whatever that is But I think the thing about feedback is the memo that we don't get is you can tell people to get lost. You don't have to accept their feedback. And, and like, what I say about feedback is I wish I had got that when I was so much younger you know I worked for a big corporate for 11 years very male orientated lots of really technical guys and when it came to giving feedback the feedback was often on me as a human being rather than my delivery of work and I would twist myself in knots trying to adjust to the feedback that they had given me. But I've actually now got to a place in my life that I'm like, okay, that's your opinion, but I don't agree with it. And I'm not going to do that because that is who I am as a human being. And if you don't like it, it's kind of tough. And I I don't do it in an RC way to try and be confrontational or anything. Like I remember I had a proposal last year well, that no, I think it was maybe two years ago, and I got asked to come in and do a proposal for this um, renewable energy company, and I broke my, my own rule about not writing proposals. So I my I had done it before and been burned, where my work was stolen, um, and I'd been asked to do it again, but this time I agreed to it because I got told that there was nobody else involved but me. So I was quite happy to write a proposal because there wasn't anybody. Well, as far as I was led to believe, there was nobody else being considered for the work. So anyway, we did all the meetings and I wrote the proposal up and I had like a plan of how we were going to execute it, blah, 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 blah. And then the guy that had asked me in who loved me <laughs> was like, mm, I thought the MDs want a meeting with you. And I'm like, OK. And um, he's gone and asked around about you and everything's been glowing but there's been one thing that has come back that has worried him I'm like okay he he said you know people are saying that you're quite direct (laughs) and and I was like but I am and um he said it kind of did the sucking the air over his teeth thing and I said but that's why you love me and he was like yes that is why I love you and I said and I wouldn't say I'm direct I would say I'm honest I said but if you're wanting me to come in and be um blowing smoke up people's backsides um that that isn't what I'm all about and you know maybe I'm not the right person for this work and he was like awful and I'm like I'm being honest here like I I can't change who I am and, and like if he has an issue with my style, then he'd be better off getting somebody else. And um, then I went in and I had the meeting and, you know, you know, when you get that feeling that somebody's prejudged you and there's nothing that you're going to be able to do or say, they've got that in their head that, you know, I, I got that vibe. And about three quarters of the way through the meeting, he then told me that they had gone to somebody else as well. And would I be willing to work with them? And this is where your intuition kicks in. Mm-hmm. Um, so inside, I'm like, I, I kind of said, well, I don't even know who this other person is. I would need to do a bit of due diligence on them, all of that kind of stuff. And I put the phone, I, I, I finished the call and I just got that in my stomach pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it. And I went and I spoke to my husband about it. And he was like, Athol, that's a really quite, you know, it was a quite um, prestigious job. Um, and he said, and it's it's not got an end day on it. You, you know, you could be working there for long enough. And I was like, I don't know, I've got a really bad feeling about this. So I didn't. And needless to say, I didn't win the work. But then I was kicking myself, going, I knew what was the right thing to do there. I was I was angry at myself because I should have removed myself instead of letting myself be rejected. You know, and like I, I was letting myself be dragged instead of me directing. Yes. So like we all go through these things where we get a bit unconscious and we allow ourselves to be dragged on paths that aren't meant for us. And inside we are we know that it's the wrong thing to do. You know, like we've had this conversation every time you get a client that then it doesn't work out. And then you look back and you're like, do you know what? I knew that that wasn't going to work. But, you know, so I think that's, you know, this is the, unap- the unapologetic woman. That's where you need, need to get unapologetic. You get a feeling inside it's wrong. The answer is no. You don't want to do it. No. You know, like, I think that's the thing that a lot of women really struggle with is pushing back and saying no. And how we got into this part of the conversation was about feedback. And 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 feedback for me, you it's like email. You read and keep. You read in action, you read and delete, but the problem is people don't know about that read delete and and they don't use it and and we are quite within our rights to say, no, thank you, I don't agree with that feedback. It's not right for me and and us as human beings, our vision, like our vision for ourselves is like having a pair of glasses. So if you gave me your glasses right now, I wouldn't be able to see so um. Because it's your, they're your glasses, they're your prescri- prescription. And that's the same with our vision for ourselves. It's our vision. And and sometimes when people are giving you feedback that's inappropriate, they don't have the vision for yourself that you do.
0: Because they're giving you feedback from where they're finding themselves. And, mm. and so for me, that was a huge learning this year was surrounding myself, and this is why I keep coming back to surrounding yourself with your peers, your energetic peers, because for majority of my life, I received negative feedback in terms of you too direct, you too this, you too that, you too much, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. This year, I surrounded myself with my peer ladies, and the feedback was, oh my god, I experience you as super this, as next level this as expansive this at and, and I was like I have never experienced myself through others on that level and it mm-hmm. was what was powerful in it because it's my peers is that they didn't put me on a pedestal it was just an acknowledgement of how they are experiencing me and I think that mm-hmm. that is really important for us as women to start doing as well Surround yourself with women who see you in your best lights and feed it back as normal, not as making you pedestal worthy. It's just, oh, well, of course you're a badass, Ethel. Of course you're direct. Of course I love that about you. Of course you're funny. Of course you're high vibe as fuck. Of course you're intelligent. Of course you would run these things. Of course they would ask you to do it. Because that's how I experience you. I experience the best in you. But it comes Mm -hmm. from me having done the work to experience the best in myself. We -hmm. can't give to others what we can't give to ourselves. And so a lot Mm -hmm. of the times when people do take issue with us, and and I receive tons of negative feedback from people, right? Mm -hmm. And, And I'm good with that because I get that they get to experience me like that. I no longer attempt to adjust myself to have people like me. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things that I talk about so much and I'm pissing off so many people in saying, we really have to start pushing back against the message that we're given that we have to be known, liked and trusted. I do not agree Mm -hmm. with that message to the very core of my being, because at the end of the day, How much do people really know you? They get to know what you want them to know about you. How much Mm. do they like you? They like you depending on their mood on the day. And if you are saying something that they like to hear, when you say Mm. something that they don't like to hear, they don't like you anymore. So likability is very mood dependent. And people are moody Mm. as fuck. (laughs) So my thing is people must either love me or hate me the people who love me don't always like me but they love me and the people who hate me well they never like me anyway so I'm cool with that too yeah what did it take for you to become unapologetic what did it take for you to to be to say well actually I'm good with me thank you thank you for the feedback I'm good
1: do you know what a lot of pain and getting through all that and and you know looking back at it and going well that was really shit (laughs) um but I'm still here and you know lesser people might not have been able to cope and come through that sort of pain and um I know that I you know they always say that the universe doesn't give you more than you can handle. oh my God, I must be like Goliath Hercules type women, like because I've had some really awful things happen to me, but um and it and it's that old what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. you know, like when you get through all of that stuff, some of the things that you stressed about when you're younger you know, like they just seem ridiculous. Like how you look, um, how you come across to people, trying to fit in, you know, like all of those things that you think are super important. When you're, say, in your 20s, by the time you get into your 40s, you're like, what a load of cods, Wallop. I don't want to be the same as anyone else. I'm actually really, I'm fine with the way that I am. And I'm good at things that other people are bad at. And they're good at things that that I'm bad at. And, And it's all to do with making the best of what you've got. So I was speaking to somebody yesterday about, it's just your recipe, right? So your experience, the skills you've got, what your personality is like, all of those things. And all of us really are just trying to make the best out of the, you know, the ingredients that we've got for to make our recipe as good as possible. You know, and and it's being accepting of that. You know, sit me in front of a ton of spreadsheets. I can do it, but I'll want to die inside. You know, (laughs) (laughs) get me chatting to people I could do all day every day and never get exhausted you know that that's it but knowing that about myself um, then means that you know like people are like oh woo woo navel gazing you know like looking inward and, and trying to grow and learn about yourself all of those things are not a waste of time, because then when you get really good with you and understand you, then it means it it changes how you interact with the world outside. Because you know, well, this is my special. And if I put it there, it won't work. So like I wrote a post today about your seed. You know, if you take a seed and you put it in the dark with no water and no light, it dies. Because if you take the seed and you put it in the light and you water it and somebody takes care of it, it grows and it blooms. And that's the same for us. But when you know what your seed is, you can put it in the right place. It's when you don't know what your seed is. And then the thing that frustrates me the most is people that are unwilling to look in to see what their seed is.
0: Mm -hmm. Because I think it's really... But they think it's scary. And I think that a large part of it is the narrative that's happening around the personal development space in that it's hard and it was so painful and oh my God, it's been going on for years and I have to smoke shit and I have to eat this. And, and so when you listen and, you know, I've been in the personal development space for 20 years now and I've seen how it's changed and how, how it's whatever, um, and my book that's coming out, hopefully next year, um, about self-leadership, takes on this narrative and saying, why are we telling people it's so hard and it's so painful and it's never-ending and, and that it's not fun? Because that is why people are not wanting to do the inward work, because they think it's going to be like going for a fanny wax. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've had some bad fanny waxes. I mean, when the, when, when the lady is good, it's okay. But when you have somebody who's inexperienced and it feels like she's pulling everyone out with a tweezer, that's not fun. And I sometimes no. feel like that's how people think personal development is. And it doesn't have to be. It gets to be fun. It gets to be joyful every day. It gets to be a beautiful experience every day for me. That's what I've created because that's what I've decided
1: yeah and it's, and it's little it's little things yes like yeah you know like I think my my son is going through some stuff at the moment I think I have ADD through the stuff that he's going through and um it's it's great because I always just thought I was thick uh-huh. and and that was what I was kind of like i I didn't read and write until I was older you know like I I really and then I, I I was I'm always an A for effort type yeah. of a gal. You know, I don't have to do things. If I and and that's why I used to go, oh you're full on. No, I put in the effort required to do a good job. Yeah. And and I'm sorry if other people won't put in as much effort as me, but that's on them, not on me. You know, so um, but I always wondered why, like when I studied in things. I would put in way more hours than everyone else and I wouldn't get the top marks. And and then, and then I'd be like, what is wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. And then I found out, my son found out he had Ireland syndrome, which is a brain perceptional from your eyes thing. And it means you need colored filters. And I found out that I've got Ireland, So that's probably why I struggled. Yeah. Um, uh, But the other thing that I learned was I interrupt people like all the time. Right. And I've I've had it repeated back to me. And I'm. Um, the thing is, this is the difference. This is the these are the things that make the difference. So that interruption, I was aware that I did. Um, and I was aware how it appears to the other person. So it appears to the other person that I'm rude, that I'm not listening, that I'm not valuing what they're saying. That's from their perspective. But actually, from my perspective, it is me trying really hard to keep close to you in the conversation. It's me trying not to let my attention drift. So actually, when I trained as a coach, you know, interrupting was a big no-no. And I would be sitting there like... be like in my throat ready to come out and I'm like am holding it back and then by the time they got to the end I'm like yeah I totally forgot what I was going to say there and 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 I'd lost it but because my memory's is very good
0: but I'm the same and I disagree a little bit with this it's not that we've just we've forgotten it it's because we stay with where the conversation is at and when I have something to interject it's because it's relevant at that point in the conversation by the time that a lot of people who have Verbal diarrhea because nobody ever listens to them. So when they do have somebody who's really present with them, they just go by the time they get to the end, whatever was here is no longer relevant. So I'm like, kind of like, oh, well, but it would have been valuable for them at that part of the conversation. So I interrupt unapologetically because for me, it's I'm staying with you and I'm staying with you in the conversation. By the time we're at the station, it's a different conversation and yeah, I think people I'm... just need to get over that shit
1: <laughs> yeah I know and, and and the thing is the conversation I had it was with my husband and and he kept saying you keep interrupting me and I'm like but I'm always going to interrupt you we've been married for 15 years you know you think you would have maybe worked out by now that this is what happens when we have a conversation like this is how I roll. It's it's like asking a three-legged dog to run a marathon. You know, it can't do it because it's got a leg missing. I can't have a conversation without interrupting you.
0: Because and actually, anything, it's not everybody me. Everybody must be the same. When we say, no, you can't interrupt. We are saying that everybody must communicate in the same way. And that is conformity. And I call bullshit.
1: Yeah, I know. And I said to him, you know, you think that I'm being rude and invalidating you, but actually it's me trying to keep in the conversation with you. And 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 like, if you want me to drift off and switched off, I'll, I'll wait until you're finished and then I'll have nothing to say. So then the conversation is dead. So it's up to you. You either put up with my interrupting or we have no conversation. So that's the way it is. And, and that's the thing about that internal work, because I had worked that out about myself, Then I worked out how it looked for the other person and how I connect to the world outside. Then that actually helps me. So I can say to somebody, right, I might interrupt you, but it's not because I'm not listening. It's because I'm really trying to stay in the space with you and I'm trying to give you bits of information that are useful. So please don't be offended. That's not my intention at all. So then I'm able to like set the intention for the conversation so it just works a bit better but that's because I understand myself enough to yes. do that so why would it, people not want to do that Again, I just don't get the
0: it that they have and and so you know my invitation to everybody who is listening is is to do that introspection what do you think what do you what are your beliefs around working on yourself do you believe it has to be hard do you believe it has to be painful do you believe that it has to be a, a fanny wax or yes. is it fun like i love every morning i put on beautiful music i get my cup of coffee i bring out my journal i meditate i do introspection i set my intentions for the day it's a beautiful experience it feels like a um feminine soul spa day for me that's how I start every day and by oh, the way that yeah. is self-development
1: that, that's how yeah, I but that's me. planning you wouldn't go to do, execute any piece of work without doing the preparation and the planning beforehand what you're doing there is you're preparing and planning your day so it ends up being awesome instead of it being crap
0: why like, would I? But why wouldn't yeah, would you days. You know, I I had enough crap days to finally go, oh fuck this shit. I am a little control freak. I am going to embrace that and I'm going to be a control freak about my day, baby. And yes, yeah. it still happens, and I get to roll with the punches, and sometimes I go eat a tub of ice cream or I go watch. A chick's flick and I cry and feel miserable and sorry for myself. Whatever I need to do, I I don't have any judgment against myself with any of those things. Mm.
1: But but we get to decide, you know, we get to decide. The other thing as well, when you fight against yourself like that, I think it keeps you stuck. Mm. And it's exhausting. It is bloody exhausting. exhausting. So if you're upset, go and cry, you know, like don't hold it in just go and cry then it moves if you hold on to it it stays stuck there forever and like everything it passes you know like like everything passes and i remember you know after my daughter died i went and i got grief counseling and I got one of these like, you know, stereotypical counselors with the floaty clothes and just be kind to yourself. And I, I, I wanted to just like punch her in the face at the end. Of, what do you mean be kind to yourself? Like, because I wasn't very evolved then. And um, now I know what being kind to myself means. Then I'm have, I i like, I'm like, what is she talking about being kind to yourself? Why does she end the session like that? What is she on about? I, d- I totally did not get it at all. Now I absolutely get it. But I remember, you know, the most devastating bit of it was like, because <laughs> I like to plan. This happens here and that happens there. And we're going to this purple bottle and it'll be, I'll get there in three weeks time. And I've got to do all this work. Like I was like that. Um and I I said to her, you know, when is this gonna stop? You know, I needed to know an end. When am I gonna stop feeling like this? When am I, you know, gonna feel better? And and I remember just being devastated at her saying to me, it'll end when it ends. And 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 I think because I didn't feel my feelings, it made it go on for a lot longer because I fought it and I hid it and I didn't talk about it. You know, I never left my house, probably for about four or five months because I, I I just couldn't cope seeing other babies. And it felt like when I went out, every time I went out, you know, it was a beautiful summer and everybody was out with their buggies and I just looked at them and just was like, why, why did this happen to me? You know, and why did they get their baby? It's not fair. You know, like, like I was so angry. Um, and so what I did was then I just like removed myself from the planet and never left my house for months. You know, and and one of my friends, Kim, she, she said like, Athel, you drive me mad. It's like you're in a massive hole and I can see you're in the hole and you're stuck and i'm standing there at the side of the hole with my hand going let me help you and you you turn your back on me so you can't see my hand and 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 she's like i'm i'm here i just want to help you and and um it was at that point i realized that me shutting down like that how much it was hurting other people around me who could see i was struggling and and just needed some help and and that's a really big thing I found is allowing help. Allowing help is a massive, like I've historically had a big problem with that. You know, letting people help me because they want to and not feeling that I owe them anything or, you know, like just allowing it. And, you know, it even happened last week. You know, I've got a really big appointment in January with the consultant in Edinburgh about my, like, my, I have to have my breast implants removed because I think I've got breast implant illness. And, um, we have a group on a Friday called the content club. So we just basically, it's five of us. We just meet on a Friday and chat loads of rubbish. And then what happens because we're all bumping things off each other, then heaps of content is generated for each of the people. And it can, you know, like five different views on the same topic. We were, you know, we were speaking about bad hair last week. (laughs) You know, like, and John, John, who was in with us was like, girls, I'm totally lost on this, you know, and it was really funny. We had a great time. But anyway, we were chatting and um, one of the ladies in there called Kayla, who I know quite well, she was like, when's your appointment? And I, I was saying, oh, I, I hasn't come through yet. And she said, well, you know, we can meet up because I'm only an hour away from Edinburgh. So let's meet up. And then um, she said, are, are you going to that appointment on your own? and I said yeah and she was like oh awful. I said yeah you know <gasps> speaking about it well up a bit but because I'm scared about going and she said I'll come with you if you want me to and I was just like I said no and then I, I afterwards I thought about it and I was like I need to work a bit harder at this so then I phoned her afterwards and I said that's really kind of you offering to come with me and yet I would like you to come with me you know so that allowing is a big thing because I think and and this is to do with being stuck isn't that as well it's allowing yourself to have the feelings Mm -hmm. it's allowing yourself to get help it's allowing yourself to just be who you are you know and and it's like a self-imposed prison that we put ourselves into, and, and it's you, unnecessary.
0: It is, and and I had this conversation yesterday with, with the ladies in Unapologetic, in terms of it's an evolution, and, and a lot of us are going through it at the moment, where we come out of the codependent space where we need people to need us and we need other people, and then we worked, especially as women, so hard to become independents and strong and our next level of evolution is interdependence where we allow ourselves again to connect with other people and live together and create together and it takes a lot of of trust trust in ourselves and trust in other people and a lot of us come from a background where things happen and we stop trusting others and so it's just easier to to control the <clears throat> elements by doing it ourselves and not needing other people mm-hmm. and you're not going to change that until you trust yourself that you're going to be okay regardless and once we as women do that we come back to oh my god yes i'll let you be there for me and mm-hmm. and and i'll open myself up to this mm-hmm. and it takes it takes a journey it takes mm-hmm. a journey
1: Mm -hmm. and and I think the other thing as well is as women we want to help and support each other you know like one thing I feel like I really missed out on in my life because I worked for an oil company and it was all men you know when I worked offshore I was on a regular rotation I was the only woman most of the time when I worked there sometimes they forgot I was a girl which is a bit of a problem sometimes I would have to go guys this is an inappropriate conversation to be having in front of me I don't want to hear I'm Scottish have you heard of a sporran? do you know what a sporran is no, on the is front it? of your kilt you've got like a, a like a wee handbag I'm thing yeah, one of the inappropriate conversations was about spawns and what happens because you're not supposed to wear anything under your kilt. I'm like, la, 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 guys, I don't want to be hearing about this you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I was, because um, it was all guys and I, I didn't have a lot of women and in that environment, the women had become men as well. But like... You know, and and I, uh, when I was teaching about, like, women, there's this thing called the tightrope, and it's the bandwidth that women are supposed to operate in that doesn't exist for men at all. Too soft, and you're seen as ineffective. Too hard, you're not liked. So, um, and you ask 70% of successful women, if they've been called aggressive, most of them have, you know, like 70% of women, I think actually that figure is higher, to be honest. So like that, um, that bandwidth is called the tightrope and men don't have it. Um, so I think in that environment where there's lots of men, they tended to, the women tended to become masculine and, then they weren't feminine at all. So that like feminine energy was eradicated out of that business. And then, you know, like they all speak about diversity, but it was all just stuff on the wall. You know, people didn't live it and and, and nobody got pulled up for it. In fact, it was actively discouraged. I, you know, I don't know how many times I got like feedback, you know, for me being too soft or like uh, just... I remember I kept getting this bit of feedback. Oh, you've got an edge. And I, I got really annoyed about it and I was getting coached. And um, the coach at the time was, I, I said, "Oh, well, that edge thing's come up again. And I was quite annoyed about it. And he's like, do you not understand it? And I said, no. And they keep saying it all the time. I don't understand what this bloody edge thing is. I was like, edge, edge, edge across the desk. <laughs> what? what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, he said, Athol, you're passionate, you're driven, you care about what you're doing. Put you in my office, I would pick you over anyone else any day. He said, Don't change that edge. It's an extra special thing that you have that other people don't. And, and then I was like, ah, oh, now I understand what that is. You know, it's you know, instead of being bad, a bad thing, it's a good thing. But going back to the like being in that environment and all men, um, when I've come out and run my own business there is so many women and those women, like the one that I just gave the example of are awesome. And I now realize what I missed out on for all those years, that female camaraderie, that lovely feminine energy that wants to support and be with you when you're doing stuff. So you're not doing things on your own And, and you feel supported and encouraged and included and, all these lovely things that when I was working in that really masculine environment, I didn't have at all, but I needed, you know? So that's why groups like yours and doing stuff like this, I think is so important for us to empower each other as women. For us to co-evolve
0: as women. and And that is a beautiful space when we start actually co-evolving because we come from a space of having done so much work to get to the emotional maturity, to now see the best in each other, yeah. that for oh. me is the magic. Mm-hmm. Haddy, we could yeah. talk all day and, and I'm very aware. <laughs> we might have to get you on for your second podcast. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> So so I do unfortunately have to wrap this up because I you know the listeners have to get on and cook supper. What do you mm-hmm. take an unapologetic stand for in the world? Uh,
1: my unapologetic unap- stand is you just be yourself. Like so everyone else. Don't change yourself. You're fine the way you are. You're not broken. You're perfect. You are the way that you're supposed to be and don't change it at all. Was this a pleasant
0: enough experience that you're going to do this again?
1: Yes, but then you're special. Like, I don't know if I would get that. I don't know if I would get that (laughs) elevated frequency being able to go off like with other people. They'd probably be trying to make me stick to rules a bit too much. And I'm like,
0: oh, right. No lubrication required with me. It's like all fun and shenanigans. (laughs) thank you so much this was a very rich conversation um, i want to honor you in the depth of what you shared today so openly and so freely from a space of being healed um, there was some really deep content here um that i know a lot of women probably have never spoken about that they have been through um how how do these women connect with you how do our listeners connect with you
1: Probably the best place to connect with me is LinkedIn. That's where I hang out most of the time. So, um, and I've got a really weird name. So it's Athol Forbes. It's A-T-H-O-L-E. There aren't that many. And if you do find any, they're usually guys because my parents in their infinite wisdom gave me a boy's name. (laughs) but if you look for an athlete, um, with and it's female, it'll be me. So connect with me on LinkedIn. That's probably the best place and just drop me a DM. Yeah,
0: beautiful. Thank you so much. And we will put the links down below for everybody as well. So okay, that's, that's the end of today. So to all the listeners, thank you so much for joining us. As always, I hope that you found incredible value in spending this time with us connect with Ethel she is the real thing what you see is what you get with her and why wouldn't you want to connect with her honestly I only bring fabulous women onto the show anyway <laughs> um thank you so much for this and we look forward to having another power conversation with you next week for the unapologetically gifted businesswoman podcast have an amazing day further cheers